Side Hustle Show 147, Rob's $30,000 Side Hustle, Flea Market Flipping. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's happening? Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. I'm your host, Nick Loper, and as you know, this is the show about ideas, action, and results. I've got a good one for you today. I'm joined by Rob Stevenson, who's a real estate inspector by day, but has got a pretty interesting side hustle. In fact, he's been doing this on the side for nearly 20 years and earned $30,000 from it last year. So what's the hustle? It's a business model as old as business itself, buy low, sell high. Now, we've talked about this before on the show, specifically when it comes to the Amazon FBA business with Travis Scott, and even going back to Ryan Finley's Craigslist flipping business last year. Now, Rob's specialty is finding unique and undervalued items locally and selling them for profit, either also locally or online. Now, stick around to hear what his uh, buying criteria is and the tools, apps, and marketplaces he uses to run this business. It's a very, uh, it's a very interesting one and one that anybody can can get started with. No technical experience required. You can learn more about Rob at fleamarketflipper.com and you can find all the notes and links from this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash fleamarket. Ready? Let's roll. Uh, you can do some searches online for local flea markets. Um, we have a a big one down here in uh, in Orlando that they they do it every weekend, and that's pretty much where I go every weekend on Saturday and Sunday. But all over the, all, I mean, all over states, there's there's flea markets of people getting together and and selling stuff. So okay. um, yeah, you can definitely do some searches for them. Just turn turn to Google for like you know my, my town plus flea market, and see what turns up. That's it. Google's the go-to. All right, that's easy enough. Now, what do what do I do once I get there? <laughs> Once you get there, yeah, if you uh, you just start looking around, um, if you're trying to get into the the buying and selling, uh, I personally look for odd items. That's how I've made money for the the past years of me doing it. Um, I look for just weird stuff that people are selling for cheap. They really don't know what it does or anything about it. And then I will do a little bit of research on my smartphone. I'll I'll pull it up on Amazon or Google or whatever it is. Try to get some uh, some information if it's what it retails for and some of the, the platforms for selling. Uh, I'll check on eBay and check on Craigslist to see if there's anything listed and uh, how much they're actually set, uh, asking for them. Okay. Now this is a really good point to bring up because this is not like going, this is not like the Amazon FBA clearance arbitrage thing where I'm going down the aisles at Walmart and like scanning the item. This stuff like doesn't necessarily have barcodes. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have to find out what, what the brand of the item that you're looking at, you have to find a brand on it or a model and uh, plug it into Google, plug it into Amazon, try to, try to look it up that way. You can't really scan uh, barcodes. Yeah. You just have to kind of get creative with your research, try to find out as much as you can about it before you go ahead and purchase it. Okay. So you're asking the seller, Hey, do you know anything about this? What, what brand is this? And then you're like kind of awkwardly walking away, like typing stuff into your phone and then circling back. <laughs> How does it work? Yeah, that's how that's how I do it. I'll ask the seller, and a lot of the sellers for the stuff that I buy, they don't know. They've got it from a uh, either a storage auction, they bought it from yard sales, they bought it stuff from thrift stores. Oh, okay. um, that's how our, our flea market runs down here. It's not necessarily people just getting rid of stuff out of their house, um, which all, all, I mean, flea, flea markets are different all over the place. But ours, it's people trying to make extra money during the week. They pick up stuff 
And then they all bring it to a big location, the flea market, and try and sell it on the weekend. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try and get all the information on the item itself. If the sellers know anything about it, I'll ask them. But the majority of the time, they don't. You just have to go off the uh, the model number um, and the uh, the brand that it is and do your research. I and I, that's, I just walk away and start doing some research on it. And then if it's a great deal, I'll go back and offer them a little bit less or buy it if it's uh, if it's the right price. So what do you mean by unusual products? What What's an example of a recent purchase? Oh, man. I've, I mean, one of my big ones that I uh, I made quite a bit of money on, I bought a prosthetic leg from uh, <laughs> from the flea market. And uh, everybody said I was crazy. They're like, how in the heck did you get that? And um, I ended up paying, I think I talked the guy down from $40. I talked him down to $30. And I looked and I couldn't find a lot of um, information about it, but I knew that they were expensive. So um, I took a chance. It was like titanium. It had a knee joint on it. So Oh, well. Uh, I ended up buying it for $30 and then I ended up selling it on eBay. Uh, the next day I listed it and it sold within an hour for a thousand dollars. And that's not uncommon. I mean, a lot of, I, I, I don't want to say that that's an every weekend thing, but once a month I'll find usually once or twice a month, I'll be able to find something that, um, is weird that you'll, uh, that it just throws people off and you can make a little bit of money on it. So it's kind of, it's kind of unique. Okay, so I'm going through the market. I'm walking down the aisles. I'm looking for prosthetic legs or something that's just a little bit out of the ordinary. And I'm trying to find out as much information as I can about it from the seller or just from the item itself, like if it has a serial number or something on it. And, and I'm doing, you know, doing another lap as I'm looking on my phone. I, I imagine there are other people you know, trying to do the same thing at these markets. Like, do you, do you run into like com- competitors? Is that, is that a thing that I'm worried about or not so much? Of course. Yeah. There's always people there, but the majority of the stuff that I buy is it's like I said, it's unique. It's a little bit different. So the, the vendors have a little bit harder time moving the stuff that I buy uh, just because it's unique. But I mean, there's, there's people in the flea market every weekend going and buying stuff to resell it. Um, if you go into a different category, uh, baby items, my wife is, has made some money on baby items, but yeah, I, it, there's always competitors there shopping for stuff. So um, I, if if I walk away and I do some research real quick, that's what I try to do it as quick as I can yeah. to where I'm only going for a couple minutes. And uh, by the time I find out, hey, this thing's worth a thousand dollars, or um, I should be able to make a couple hundred bucks on it, I go back and, and try to negotiate the deal. You ever feel bad like you're taking advantage of somebody who who doesn't have? access to like that's always my whole question on any of these like you know buying and selling things it's like you know at a certain point don't they have access to the same markets and the same tools exactly and some people they just choose not to they choose not to sell stuff online or i and and most of the people they're they're buying these items like i said uh most of the vendors that i deal with uh they're buying the items from uh, secondhand, they're getting them from uh, uh, thrift stores or other auctions, and they're making a markup on it to make money on me. Um, and, and like I said, I don't. I, I, that's just how I make my living. I don't really feel bad. I'm, I'm trying to pay them uh, as much as I can for it, and then I turn around and resell it. But yeah, they have the same avenues to to be able to do some research. They just choose not to. Okay. Any any rules of thumb? So you're not looking for like. Uh, you know, iPhones or, you know, stuff that has a huge kind of established market for it. You're going after that kind of unique stuff. I think that's an interesting, uh, an interesting angle. I know we shared last year, um, Ryan Finley from, uh, from Recraigslist kind of doing 
um, doing the appliance flipping business, which, you know, kind of a similar thing with a, a less established market. There's not as many transactions going on, right? So there's more room for uh, for margin, more room for negotiation. Um, I was going to ask, like, any buying criteria? <laughs> like, do you have, like, a specific markup that you're, like, trying to get out of these different items? What what makes a deal interesting to you? I usually won't buy something if I can't sell it for over $100. Um, starting out, that wasn't the case. I, you know, you start in smaller uh, people that don't have a uh, a lot of money to invest. Uh, you can go and spend, you know, five dollars, three dollars. My wife started doing baby stuff, and she wouldn't spend over three dollars for clothes, shoes, little items, and then she would try and turn around and sell them for fifteen to twenty dollars. Okay. So I personally just look for weird stuff and. My normal investment for items is anywhere from ten dollars up to probably forty-five or fifty dollars is what I typically spend on on norm. Okay, so that's pretty low in terms of startup capital. Um, you know, you're not you're not going out because the other the other side of this Amazon business is like, oh, I'm going to import stuff and I'm going to you know place a five hundred thousand dollar bulk order from you know some manufacturer on Alibaba and you know, okay, here's here's a way to kind of multiply your money is starting a little bit smaller, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I do it. Um, on the side, you can, I mean, most people can come up with 20 to 50 bucks just to go for a weekend and try to, you know, find something that's worth some money. Yeah. Is this, is it, and I assume like these kind of different vendors at the, at the market is mostly uh, cash only. Yeah, it is. Um, and sometimes you'll find some people, if you end up buying off of, uh, some of the other platforms offer up Craigslist, Sometimes you'll find somebody who will take a credit card, uh, but the majority of it is it's cash. When you go to the flea market, you take cash with you. All right. Well, there's a market opportunity for uh, for the Square uh, reader to, to to get some new customers at these markets. Oh, yeah. well, uh, you mentioned Craigslist. You mentioned OfferUp, which is a platform I'm not super familiar with. Can you talk about that for a second? Of course. Yeah. Craigslist has been around for a while. Uh, a lot of people go to it. There's a, a huge following to to buy and sell on Craigslist. Craigslist is a top 10 site nationwide in terms of traffic. So it's just like huge, huge um, eyeballs. Uh, yeah. And it's a lot of competition to uh, to go and find a deal. So uh, there's there's smaller ones popping up all over the place. And one of my new favorites is called, well, I have two of them. One of them I've been using for a couple months now. It's called OfferUp. It's similar to Craigslist. It's a little bit easier for buying and listing on there. Um, and the other one is called Let's Go. Both of those are pretty pretty similar to uh, their their style of of buying and selling. They're just a smaller, I guess, a smaller market. They have a smaller following than than Craigslist because they're new. Um, so you can get some decent deals on there. Okay, so those resources are at OfferUpNow.com and LetGo.com. And both of those have smartphone apps as well. So I'm going to link those up in the show notes for you at SideHustleNation.com slash Flea Market. Okay, so you're um, doing both buying and selling on these other platforms or just looking primarily for, for bargains? I look for bargains a lot of the times, but yeah, I, I will sell them on the platforms also. Um, I, I pretty much cross-list uh, cross list uh, of what I buy. Um, I'll, uh, eBay is where I, I like to sell a lot of my stuff just because it reaches a, a, a large audience. But um, I'll list it on Craigslist and offer up all at the same time if I if I have the time to do the listings. Yeah, they're 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 great for buying and selling. Um, I've seen quite a few people uh, buy stuff cheap. Uh, just I think it was two days ago. I saw somebody buy a stroller for fifteen dollars, and then I saw them relisted the next day for two hundred dollars on uh, offer up. So there's other people doing the same exact thing, uh, just watching for some low items and and turn around reselling them and listing them. Okay, and 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like looking at offer up now. Uh, $350 mini bike with 6.5 horsepower Honda motor. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. Do you do you mess around with stuff that you know has electronics, that has engines, that has like moving parts uh, that could potentially be broken or liabilities? I don't know. I personally do, but a lot of times if I find the fun stuff, uh, mini bikes, dirt bikes. Uh, I bought a couple of uh, electric skateboards probably six months ago off of offer. And uh, most of the time I don't, <laughs> I'm a big kid. So I'll buy that stuff and I'll hang on to it and uh, use it for a while. And I haven't resold the skateboards, but liability stuff purposes. I, I, I mean, if you put, um, I, I guess if you list in it that you're, you're not liable um, for it when you sell it, I've never run into any problems with that, that, that kind of stuff. I, like if I'm selling electronics, uh, typically I'll, I'll, I'll put a note in there that, yeah, this is, uh, it's sold as is or that's in working condition right now. So yeah, if you just if you're clear with your your audience, um, telling them that you don't know a lot about the item, then I I don't uh, that that's just how I list them. Okay, okay, yeah, I was just just curious to say like, oh, is there, is there any product categories you would avoid for for newbies? Maybe would have been a better <laughs> better way to phrase that. Yeah, I. Uh, it, I'll be honest with you, just the weird stuff is, is what I look for. So there's not really thing out of the realm of, of normal when I'm, <laughs> when I'm looking to buy stuff. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, so you mentioned selling the prosthetic leg like the very next day. That sounds like maybe an anomaly in terms of speed and in terms of the markup. You know, how how long are you typically sitting on some of this stuff? 
I will sit on some stuff and then start marking it down. If I list it right after I buy it, I'll usually sit on to it for probably a month, um, maybe three to four weeks, uh, relisting it or stuff like that before I'll start to, to mark it down a little bit to, to liquidate it. That's okay. pretty much the norm for me. Okay. You say, hey, after a month, you know, the, the market has spoken. It's not worth however much I thought I could get for it. Exactly. Okay. With the offer up, okay, so you can make your own offer. So people give their asking price. So they they want $350 for this mini Honda motorbike that looks like it's in pretty rough shape. So I would uh, send this person, hey, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. Like, do you just lowball people or how does how does that work? It all depends. It depends on if the item's worth what it's worth. I mean, worth what they're asking for it. Um, I'll just go ahead and click on the price that they're asking for it. And yeah, I'll, I'll just go and, and set up a, a time and a place to meet up with them to buy it. But um, if they're asking a higher price, usually uh, sometimes I'll, well, I'll give you an instance. I, I bought some exercise equipment probably two or three months ago. And I offered the people they were asking $450 for this exercise bike. Um, I offered him $200 just to kind of lowball him and see if he would go for it. Uh, I, it, it was worth quite a bit more. Um, and he took it. He took the offer of 200 and I went and bought it and then I resold it. A month later, for I think twenty eight hundred dollars, it was a it was a great exercise bike, a commercial one. Geez, twenty eight hundred bucks for an exercise bike? Like, must have been like a, the kind you go like actually at the gym. Yeah, it it, it was actually a rehab. Um, it's in rehab facilities, so it, but still twenty eight hundred dollars uh, retail. The the exercise bike retail, I I think for like either five or seven thousand dollars. It was pretty expensive. So, wow. um, but I didn't know any of that when I found it on offer up. I just did the research. Uh, looked and tried to find out what it would retail for and that kind of stuff after I saw somebody post it. Okay. And that's pretty much it. So kind of, you know, dedicating a little bit of time each day to go through at least these online markets, the Let's Go, you know, through the app, through the OfferUp app, through the Let's Go app, and even maybe the Craigslist app to see, hey, is there anything compelling on here? And then you kind of do your initial uh, research eBay, Amazon, see like, what did, you know what what is this thing? What is this really going for? Or what might it what might it go for? And then reaching out to the sellers to uh, to start a conversation, make an offer. Exactly. Yeah. If you just if you just try to commit to putting a, a little bit of time each day, um, if you're trying to get into this, yeah, a little bit of time each day, just doing a little bit of research on the uh, online uh, apps or online uh, venues of buying and selling. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all it takes and just be consistent with it. Do you have like a giant garage filled with stuff? Do you have like a storage facility or something? I can see this getting out of hand in a hurry if, uh, if I'm getting all, especially like big bulky items. Yeah, I didn't start out with one, but I do have a, a two car detached garage that I, uh, I have some items in and then now we have two storage units. Okay. Two of my um, larger purchases, uh, which, yeah, I don't recommend people doing this to start off, but I purchased 60 king-size beds from or mattresses from a hotel, and I had to get a storage unit to store to store that stuff, and I did that last year. That was a, a big chunk of our income last year. I bought those mattresses, and I, I still have about 15 of them left, but I've sold sold the rest of them. Are you selling those just locally on Craigslist or are you doing that on eBay too? Believe it or not, I, I sell them on eBay. These type of mattresses, they were custom made for this hotel um, and they're, they're a sleep number, select comfort beds. Okay. 
they, so these beds, this was the only reason why I bought them was the beds will come all the way apart and you can wash them. So I take them to the laundromat. I have them cleaned. And then the other good part is you can box them. So um, I'll sell them on eBay and then I'll put them in a box and, uh, and ship them anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in the United States. So wow. that's, yeah, that's been a huge, uh, a huge moneymaker for my wife and I for the last year. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great find. Now, how did you come across this hotel that was, that was get rid of them? It's actually kind of a funny story. My, uh, I, I was looking on Craigslist, kind of just uh, browsing, and I found the Select Comfort. The guy had one listed, and I went there. He had, he had fourteen of them in a room, and he told me to pick one I wanted. And so I picked it out. I, uh, I had sold one probably five years prior, and so I knew I could could clean it and ship it. Um, that was the whole reason I went to the hotel. Uh, I mean, I went to the to look at this single mattress. And when I got there, he threw me off when he had. 14 of them in a room. So I bought the single one. I uh, went back home and called the guy and asked him if I took the rest of them, how much would he uh, come down on the price? And uh, he says, well, let me count how many I have. And he called me back and said he had 60. And (laughs) that threw me for a loop. So, but I ended up getting them for I ended up getting them for sixty dollars a piece, which was a, a an unbelievable deal. The mattresses are like twenty five hundred dollar mattresses, uh, but he was ready to move them, and uh, I was going to take them all, so he gave me a great deal on them. That's uh, that's crazy. I think this is just a fascinating fascinating side hustle. It's like a, it's like a whole new world to me, and it's about like accelerating your dollars, right? We talk about you know investing and and you know earning ten percent a year, or it's like hey, find some weird weird thing and flip it the next day for five times the price it's uh it's definitely an interesting um an interesting angle so rob um real quick can you tell me about the the sales process do you do like the ebay auction or do you just say hey this is what my price is like the buy it now fixed price deal what does that look like uh, on your end yeah, sure. I, uh, I I switch around a lot, but the majority of how I list things is uh, I'll set it at a certain price for a buy it now. Um, it's not really an auction. It goes for, you can list it, I think it's up to 30 days. Um, I'll typically list them for 10 days as uh, a buy it now price and watch how many watchers that I get on the eBay. And if I, you know, usually once I have it priced right, by the time I get to seven to 10 watchers, somebody will buy it. Um, and if it's not priced right, then yeah, I know I have to reevaluate and, and lower the price a little bit. Okay. You're going out, you're going out to the market every weekend or like this, this is not necessarily the, the passive income business, but you know, it sounds like with a little bit of hours, uh, a little bit of time investment, you can uh, obviously do, do very well as, as Rob has for, for the last uh, several years doing this. If people want to learn more about this obviously you've got the flea market flipper.com site any anything else that people should know my number one tip would probably be just the consistency if you're looking to break into the market or or uh, start doing this just just be consistent i i and you did mention i go to the flea market every every week uh saturday and sunday morning um and i'll only spend an hour there usually but I, i'm consistent with it some weeks or weekends i'll go and not find anything and then other weekends you know i'll find something i can make a thousand dollars on you just never know what you're going to come across Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we'll chalk up your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation as consistency. Keep at it, and the uh, and the deals will come. And, uh, and thanks so much. This is a very eye-opening <laughs> conversation for me, and, uh, and hopefully for Side Hustle Nation as well. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. Here it is, short and sweet. So Rob laid out the, uh, the Side Hustle idea for you and shared some of his results. And so all that's left to do is to go out there and take action and see what happens. If you want to learn more about this business, I encourage you to check out fleamarketflipper.com, which is Rob's site. 
he's, uh, he's actually put together a month-long course called Flipper University that's built on the back of his 19 years of buying and selling experience. And as a special offer for Side Hustle Show listeners, you can get $100 off that course with code SIDEHUSTLE100. And that is an affiliate code, so consider that to be my disclosure. And as always, really appreciate everyone who goes out of their way to buy stuff through my affiliate links to keep the lights on over here at Side Hustle Nation. In the meantime, I think I'm going to be keeping my eye out for prosthetic legs and exercise bikes and sleep number mattresses. After all, one man's trash is another person's treasure, and, uh, and you can cash in for being the person that connects those two. All the notes and links from this episode are at SideHustleNation.com slash flea market. Hey, one quick question for you. We're uh, 147 episodes deep into the Side Hustle show. Is it time for a new intro, an outro, new theme music, new cheesy voiceover guy, which by far was the best Fiverr gig that I've ever bought. I've gotten more mileage out of that one than I think just about anything else. Or would it just not be the same? Let me know what you think. Uh, Leave me a comment uh, on this episode uh, or Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever works for you. We're, We're coming up on 2016, and I'm curious to hear if it's time to change things up a bit when it comes to the uh, the intro-outro of the show. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. You're going to hear the same voiceover guy for doing the, uh, the, doing the outro on this show. I'm going to see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. You're not going to want to miss it. I've got a real real estate mogul uh, joining me. She's got seven houses to her name, and she's 27 years old. It's a good one. Um, I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 